You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to You Better You Bet, brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. Our friend Pat Mayo stops by 40 minutes from now giving us thoughts and bets on the Open Championship. We'll talk about DeAndre Hopkins signing with the Tennessee Titans. Eight buckets, Tennessee Titans edition coming up in hour number three. All our bets for tonight, Major League Baseball and the Summer League Championship game. Uh, the Cavs and the Rockets, uh, power hour, final hour. Uh, Tyler mm. typing in our show chat during the break. All I'm thinking about is Cavs, Rockets. Drew Densick, uh, the whale capper, is going to join us momentarily here. But, Ken, it feels like you and Tyler, you mentioned like this journey you've been on recently. Sure. As far as like looking at coaching staffs of it's teams. metaphysical. It, yeah. It feels like you and Tyler have been on a, uh, on a sports betting journey as well in yeah. Las Vegas and the NBA Summer League. We uh, we have. It's It was more fun than I could have ever imagined. Tyler writes, it's been a religious experience. It's just, uh, I, I mentioned it, you know, like things are really slow. You're going to do one of two things, right? Or actually one of three things. You're going to pull away completely and do all non-sports related things, go on vacation, spend time with your loved ones, whatever. That stuff's great. Also, you could do one of these other two things, consume just like prep content of the sports you do love. So like pay a lot of attention to NFL training camp news, for example, uh, SEC media day was today for college football. And, you know, like you could start really getting into that stuff, which will be really fun. Or you could pick like a fringy sport that's going on and be like, I'm, this is going to be my thing for the next two weeks or the next three weeks. Wimbledon just ended. I'm sure that was that for some people. I know I watched like more tennis over that two weeks than I've watched period since last Wimbledon probably or something got really into it final yesterday was like talk about a religious experience like I mean when when the king of your country shows up to watch you <laughs> that's got to be like a really wild and you get smoked in the first set too. Alcaraz obviously is what I'm talking about and uh and the king of Spain is there to uh to watch it's got to be a pretty crazy experience so I watched that didn't really bet it at all but summer league has been whew. summer league's been it's been pro- profitable overall but the swings have been outrageous, betting it a lot like NFL preseason, which is coming up, which you alluded to, making the comparison between those two things. Just who's playing, studying layup lines, studying pregame reports from reporters who were there like, I see this guy on the court, you know, all this kind of stuff. Just uh, a, a crazy experience. Can tell some more stories about it later in the show. That reminds me of like week one last year, Thursday night, uh, the season opener with the Rams and the Bills. Will or will not Lance McCutcheon be active in this game for the Los Angeles yeah. Rams? He wasn't. Actives and actives. Well, we're almost we're almost back, buddy. We're it's almost, almost going to be that time again. When and you it's... see him, put him in the chat, Alex. Put him in the chat <laughs> when you see him. <laughs> the best thing is Alex. Alex is going to take care of it. It's going to be awesome. Uh, Pat Mayo will join us to start hour number three. But joining us right now, sports betting buffet with our guy, yeah. the great Drew Densick. It's great to see. It's great to hear. 
from our guy, Drew Densick, the whale capper. Uh, on Twitter at whale underscore capper. Does awesome work for our friends over at the NBC Sports Edge and the Deep Dive Pod. My friend, welcome back to the show. It's good to see you. It's Nick and Ken. How's it going? It's good. It's good. It's great to see you looking, uh, looking well. Uh, and you've come back to a brand new world. We have a new Wimbledon champion. And his name is Carlos Alcaraz, and he has mm. de- he has taken the ki- he has taken the the crown uh, from the old king of grass, and uh, we uh, we are in one of the funnest times to be a tennis fan and a tennis better um, in my in you know my years betting it, and uh, yeah, I mean this this U.S. run up to the you know the U.S. hardcourt swing run up to the U.S. Open um, contains so much drama and intrigue and interest and to set the table for what is going to be the best men's U S open of, uh, probably the last 20 years is, is, is really, really quite exciting. Well, just do me a favor and, and just double check your mic. Cause I think you're using your computer mic. And I know I only say that cause you have like the greatest mic of all time that we can actually tell when you're, when you're in on it or whatever. But, um, I know we were talking before the, or in the first hour of the show, Nick was saying his father-in-law got him to that Alcaraz. I watched the entire match. Like it, it, poured here all yesterday like thunderstorms rain the entire day and so hey here's like a five and a half hour tennis match that'll end up you know uh kind of uh getting your attention for most of the day which we didn't expect when we started watching at 9 a.m that middle of the afternoon it would still be going and the king of spain is there and everything's great so um really awesome and i didn't end up having a bet on it sounds like nick won some money on it as well uh i it sounds like you maybe had a great experience both with, with that whale and the the women's final but you know just crazy back and forths. You're holding outright tickets. Sounds like one maybe went your way Alcaraz yesterday, but the other on Jabor maybe didn't. But like a really wild betting weekend for you for Wimbledon. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, I didn't end up having an especially, I mean, it was an emotionally disappointing women's final because um, I'm a fan of Ons Jabor and I wanted to see her finally cross the line. But I, I, maybe it sounds like I'm making excuses for her, but like she was the story of the last two Wimbledons, uh, even having not won a title. Um, and this particular Wimbledon, um, you know, dispatching some of the ghosts, uh, particularly beating Rabakina head to head coming from behind. Um, beating Sabalenka coming from death's door. I mean, she showed some pretty impressive stuff. Um, she beat three of the four favorites pre-tournament, uh, all head-to-head, bang, bang, bang in a row. Um, and she's the best women's player on grass currently. So I kind of feel actually more hopeful that she'll eventually get across the line one day, maybe next year, maybe the following year. I mean, your your window to win at Wimbledon is longer than other surfaces because grass season is so short. So the up and coming young players takes a, a lot longer to get up to, um, you know, the, the the quality that they need to ultimately win. Um, and the fact that she came back this year and made it back to a second straight final, I think Shabur, uh, Shabur ultimately will get one. Um, so I'm not that sad about it. I mean, it was a tough watch. I had to I had to go for a walk <laughs> at one point. I was like, this is this is rough because of the mental hopefully roller coaster. It quick, she... Hopefully it was a quick walk because the match was like an hour and ten minutes long. So hopefully yeah. it was a quick <laughs> walk. Cry, crying at the end oh, of it. Was it awful. You know, like oh, the, it was brutal. Yeah. I didn't watch really any tough. of the end of it. I, as soon as match point was decided, I was TV off, walk going, you know, I'm out, I'm done. Um, but uh, you know, it, it was I think this was still a pretty successful endeavor for her to get back to the final with such a difficult draw. Uh, and some of the matches she played to get there. It's just, uh, you know, credit to Marquette of Andrusova's team and her approach. She was basically like, I'm just going to be a backboard. 
get it all back in play. Not going to make any errors. And, uh, you know, as soon as she kind of put her head down and made herself known and won some of the high leverage points early in the first set, you could start to see the, uh, the tension creep up, uh, and, uh, you know, then ultimately take over for odds and, uh, you know, so she, you know, she played a clean match and, you know, by being sort of the, uh, the less, uh, the less, you know, the less, um, uh, you know, pressure filled, uh, player was ultimately the reason I think she won. I mean, she, she played that match. Like she had nothing to lose on played that match. Like she had everything to lose. Um, and ultimately that, uh, that makes it tough to get a championship home. I, I think on PR team needs to hire you because you just made me a huge on fan. Yeah. Now, like, I, now, like, I want to see her win. Like, you gotta I, watch I, the I, Netflix I, show excellence. too, but you'll finish the oh, Netflix show and you'll be like, I can't believe I can't like, I like I have to root for her in the next tournament. Yeah. Like it's just it's like not possible to come away with any other messaging. It's like really. Crazy. I need to watch that and quarterback. I think like I now I don't know what I'm going to do this. Week. I don't know you if you need to bet. watch quarterback. I don't know if you need <laughs> to watch it. Yeah. I watch enough football, I guess. Nick and Ken <laughs> yeah, yeah. here, magnificent Monday, talking sports with our pal the Whale Capper Drew Dinsick on Twitter at Whale underscore Capper. Well, I know we want to do a couple other sports with you, but want to get an early thought on the U.S. Open, right? Where Djokovic mm-hmm. is the favorite right now at our show sponsor, BetMGM plus one twenty, and the guy that just dethroned Djokovic to be the new king of grass, my nickname in college, Carlos Alcaraz at plus 450. Uh, Igish Fiontek is the favorite on the women's side at plus 225. Any early thoughts or bets on the U.S. Open coming up next month from uh, my neck of the woods in Queens? Yeah, this is this is going to be so, so good. Um, we have, you know, the French Open and Wimbledon are really compressed on the schedule, on the calendar, you know, so it basically just feels like a, a back-to-back type of tournament situation. And now we get a little bit of an extended break where we transition to the hard court swing. Um, there are a number of tournaments in the U.S. leading up to it that are all really high quality. Um, you know, the the D.C. tournament now is, is you know, uh, men's and women's, both 500. Um, then you go right into uh, the... Canadian Open, which has men's and women's 1,000 points to be awarded. And then uh, finally, uh, the Cincinnati Open, where there's 1,000 points for the men and women. So you have you have three kind of consecutive big tournaments in the run-up here to the U.S. Open. And um, they're all going to be full of drama and intrigue. Um, the women's game is in a really, really good place right now. There are like 12, 15 women who are all playing really well. They're all healthy. They're all kind of in their prime. And um, that's kind of made it uh, I, I can't get involved really with Iga at these prices, even though she's the defending champ and she's clearly the world number one, um, although almost not. I mean, if Ons Jabor hadn't beat Sabalenka, she would have taken over the world number one ranking and actually leads in sort of the uh, the, the year-end chase right now, which is pretty amazing. But um, there's just a lot of really, really good women's tennis players, which makes the women's tournaments wide open. Um, <clears throat> Eileen Iga, I think she should be the favorite, but at plus 225, no thank you. Um, Rubakina was dealing with a, a viral illness heading into Wimbledon. She came through that. She played well there. She's still very, very live. Uh, and then, you know, the, really that entire kind of top 20 women you see on the board in, in terms of price, all they're just all awesome. Uh, and it's going to be, a, you know, it's going to come down to who gets drew, drawn into where um, and or who kind of takes a meaningful step forward. Because for the most part, going from clay grass and now into hard and how you want to handle that from a handicapping approach you kind of need to identify players who did not who didn't like play as much through the first half of the calendar um it is a grind to be traveling all over the world to be playing every week to be playing deep into tournaments every week and the clay you know the, the clay season right into grass and now into hard court makes it tough for a player like Sabalenka who's been dominating everywhere 
to keep that level up through another two months is just as difficult. Um, and so some player who did, you know, who maybe was not, you know, kind of as obviously in the forefront, wasn't winning championships or, and, or, you know, missed a couple of key tournaments, um, you know, very well could emerge here and ultimately be a factor at the U S open. And so, um, you know, no, no bet really to be made on the women's side because it is such a flat earth right now in terms of, you know, the, the, the fair price and fair odds and, and who ultimately will emerge on the men's side, almost certainly Djokovic and Alcaraz are going to be your, um, two and one seed, respectively. Um, Alcaraz is your defending champion. Djokovic, pretty, you know, pretty, uh, d- you know, don't need any more superlatives for what he's done in his career at this point. Going to get um, in the country this time too, right? Well, going to be, going to be allowed to be here. He's going to oh, actually nice. be here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, uh, it's been a weird one. He so again, like in a normal year, um, in a, you know, a completely neutral year, I would have told you, oh yeah, Djokovic is a bet against at the US Open. Almost consistently he's a bet against. He contend he's, he he generally tends to underperform there. Um, a lot of that has to do with the weather, some of that has to do with the calendar. Like it's at the end of a really long season for him and he's usually playing deep into tournaments. Well, uh, not exactly the same situation this year as he skipped Indian Wells, he skipped Miami, he skipped Madrid, he didn't play that deep in Rome. Like he he basically has huge chunks of this particular calendar year where he was not uh, out there exerting himself. And so he should be relatively fresh, which I think gives him, uh, you know, a pretty decent puncher's chance to take the rubber match against Alcaraz. Um, it's a surface that favors Alcaraz in general, although, you know, just, you know, again, he's played a lot of tennis lately. He played Queens leading into Wimbledon. So, you know, it, it, it kind of matters how much damage he takes in the uh, run-up tournaments, how deep he plays, uh, and just in general, if he starts to pick up a, a small injury here or there or play too deep into some certain matches, um, that could kind of level the playing field there. But uh, if it is, you know, if it ultimately is a final between Alcaraz and Djokovic, I would expect Alcaraz to be the favorite just based on what has now happened uh you know in the last 24 hours and um you know he may be in like the minus 200 range and at that point uh you know if you're getting Djokovic at a price and he's a little bit less you know ex- you know le- has done a little bit less uh, tennis time on court uh in the run-up then uh he's he's going to be a bet at the dog price and you know can we have three dogs in a row come home in this head-to-head in this slam season for, between these two players is entirely likely in my mind I think, uh, think a lot of people are probably rooting for another Alcaraz Djokovic after after what we saw yesterday. That was like pretty pretty compelling stuff. Uh, we have like a minute left, Whale. Just I, I know you and Andy are doing your kind. Of, I think one of your first division previews tonight, I think, or something like that. So I'm guessing you've been. I saw that spread or the chart you put out with all the schedule spots on it, mm-hmm. which was really cool. People can find that on your Twitter. So you've been thinking a lot about NFL. In about like 60 seconds here, needed in 60 seconds, give us like an NFL take that you've been kind of marinating on here for the last couple of weeks since we talked to you. Yeah, um, it's <laughs> the more I dig into the teams that are kind of expected to do well this year, the less impressed I am with the way they treated their offseason, the way that they've kind of filled out their coaching ranks. Um, I, I don't really uh, see an obvious um, kind of up-and-coming team uh, that's, that's really capturing my um, – that, you know, really capturing my imagination, my excitement, um, you know, pretty, pretty 
you know, typically this time of year, everybody's making their case. This is my horse. You know, this is why uh, everything is kind of coming up uh, un uninspiring to me at this point. The only team that I'm like way off market on is Pittsburgh. I have them as, you know, kind of right in the mix to win the AFC North. Uh, and the best way to attack that is uh, Tomlin coach of the year, because uh, I don't know if you guys know this, but uh, Tomlin doesn't have very many losing seasons as a head coach. In fact, mm. none. Um, and uh, you know what else he doesn't have, Ken? He doesn't have any coach of the years in all of his amazing tenure as this Pittsburgh Steelers head coach. We're still waiting. That's for, pretty crazy. We're still waiting for Mike Tomlin to get his coach of the year flowers. And uh, I bet him pretty aggressively in the 20 to one range. So let's get some Tomlin, uh, some Tomlin love going. Wow. Oh, thank you. Muted Nick. <laughs> Nick, Nick's, Nick's not winning microphone of the year right now. <laughs> nope, nope, you're still muted. <laughs> all right, good now. Yeah, it's a new right. microphone. Yeah, I got, now, I'm, now I'm back at this way. I, I was setting you up yeah. to say Candy Pick It, but I screwed it up. Uh, Will, great <laughs> job, brother. Uh, on Twitter at Whale underscore Capper. Uh, stay well, and we'll talk to you soon. All right, best luck, guys, and welcome back. Uh, thank you very much. The great Drew Dinsick here with us on You Bet. Good to be back. You Bet. Yeah, it is good to be back. Coming up next, we'll talk Tony Pollard and the Dallas Cowboys. They'll give you some fantasy football takes I've had marinating for the last couple of weeks as well.